Hi, and welcome to the Clona Girl Tries Podcast. I'm Barb, and this is episode 90, Sunday, March 13th, 2011. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to another show. Looking forward to giving you a little update on my training. Got a race report to play for you from Kevin and a little chat about base three. Yes, I have now entered base three training. And man, that's a big step up from base one and base two. I'll tell you, I'm uh, really feeling it right now. Well, let me think. Last left off, I think. I don't think I'd done my long run when I recorded my show last time. I had an excellent, excellent long run on, I guess it was February 27th, I think. I did two hours and I ran the hill, including the hill on the uh, half marathon race course. I didn't do the whole course, but I just did part of it. And I did 18K in two hours. So that was, I did, that was a little faster than the previous week. I'd done 17K in two hours. And it was still pretty cold. It's still minus four, minus five that day. Um, it was kind of flurrying a bit. It was a little windy. So, you know, under not ideal conditions. And the greatest thing was that I really felt pretty good afterwards. So that was sort of about the hardest I'd pushed myself. I found I, I was able to go up the hill, which is a fairly steep hill for about a mile. Uh, in some sections, it's quite steep. In some, it's, it's leveler. And um, I didn't have to stop and walk at all. So, uh, you know, I, I can't believe this because I never used to be able to run hills. And I definitely never used to be able to do any speed work. But I've been slowly beginning to incorporate them. And things are seeming to feel pretty good. I did have a little bit of shin pain. Um, not I say pain. That sounds extreme. But my shins were a little bit sore for a couple of days after that big long run that, uh, where I'd been quite, uh, pushing it quite a bit. And, uh, because it was a rest week and I was really, really busy that week, I did, I skipped my Tuesday run, I, you know, for, I, I couldn't have done it anyways. And I wasn't really feeling hundred percent. And I figured, you know, I just need to take it a bit easier. So that week I only ran twice the Tuesday I'd skipped it. Then, uh, later on I did a run. It was just sort of a short, easy run. And, uh, only ran 30 minutes and I felt okay on the Thursday. And then on the Saturday I did an hour, I think an hour and 15 was what I was supposed to do. Felt pretty crappy on that run. And I think I was just under fueled and a little fatigued. Uh, we were out. I had no reason to normally a Saturday run. I feel pretty good, but I, I did about 5k and then my legs just gave out. My quads were really tired. I'd had a, a 90 minute bike um, trainer ride the night before where I'd done some, eh, a few intervals and stuff. And I'd done a strength training on Friday night, a pretty heavy duty, full body strength training. So my legs just felt really tired. And so I, I, I ran nine kilometers and I thought, you know what? I'm just bagged. So I walked the last kilometer. So I did nine K in, in an hour. And actually, that was the same pace I'd done for the two hours, but I knew I could never run another hour. And then the last 12 minutes, I just walked a kilometer back to the car and just felt like it was the right thing to do. I must say that's one of the things I'm I'm liking about not having a coach. Um, whenever I have a coach, I, I'm always feeling very 
um, like I really feel, I don't want to say pressured, like it's a negative thing, but I feel pressured that I, I need to make sure I do the workout as planned because it's the way, but I find when I don't have a coach, I listen to my body a lot more carefully and I, I do what my, what I think is right for my body. And I think I've got to the point now where I don't bail, you know, for easy reasons. I, I really am getting smart about it. I think I really know the feelings that my body is telling me to cut back and when it's just, you know, when it's just a matter of being Jens Voigt and saying, shut up legs and just keep going. Um, so that was the rest week. Oh, and I, probably most importantly, I should mention, I finally went to the pool. Yes, I did. Monday of that, uh, after the long run, I, I hit the pool and I just said, now I'm just going to go for half an hour and just see how I feel. So jumped in the water and I just swam for half an hour steady, felt fine. Uh, didn't find anything was sore. Um, I really focused on keeping my, um, my form good and just swimming steadily. And I was just kind of curious to see, can I swim without getting tired? And I wasn't going particularly hard, uh, but, uh, I swam 1200 meters in just a little over half an hour. Um, actually the last, I should say I swam about 900 meters, I think. And then I did 300, uh, just kicking because my shoulder was feeling a little bit tight. And I know my shoulder sometimes hurts a bit when I first start swimming. So I didn't want to push it too hard given that was the first time I was in the pool. So after that swim, I said to myself, I know there's absolutely no way, uh, or no reason why I'm not going to be able to jump in the lake and swim 750 meters for the sprint, which is coming up on May 15th, 13th, something like that. And, uh, I will definitely start swimming more. I'm going to swim, uh, quite a bit during spring break, which is coming up. I have another week and then I'm a week off. I'll have two weeks off for spring break. So I'm going to swim a bunch during then and I'll start hitting the pool a little more regularly, but I'm sure as heck not going to spend a lot of time in the pool. I think what I'm going to do is, um, have one swimming session where I really focus on form and just swimming long. So make sure I swim at least 2000 meters. And then I'm going to do another day where I do some, you know, a little bit of drills and not drills, but speed work in the pool. And that's good enough for me. That's just my decision this year. So I think it'll be fine. So the next week, which is this week we've just finished, uh, it's, I'm now in base training or base three. And it's a, it's a significant jump up from the, the training that I've been doing in base two up until now, it's all been mostly aerobic endurance, which is just staying in zone two all the time and building up my long, long run and long bike endurance. And, uh, now I'm, I'm adding in muscular endurance and force, which means basically doing hill, hill repeats on the bike and hill repeats on the run. So I've never, you know, I've never done any kind of hill repeats. I've never done anything, uh, speed work on the run, or at least anytime I do do it, I've always, you know, ended up with shin splints. So I've been just trying a little bit here and there and seeing how I'm feeling. It's pretty cool. Um, I, I have two midweek runs. I usually run Tuesday and Thursday and then my long run Sunday. And so Tuesdays was supposed to be a hill do hill repeats. So it was after work, which is always a bit of a risk because my legs are really bagged after work. And, uh, Tuesdays are a crazy day around our house just because of all the things that we have. It just happens to be everything that we do ex- extracurricularly is on Tuesdays with my son and us and volleyball and painting and everything. So 
I have to sneak in a run when I can. And I was supposed to do 60 to 75 minutes with two five-minute hill repeats with the walk down the hill or jog down the hill recovery. Uh, it's supposed to be five minutes on a four to five percent grade. There is no hill like that in my neighborhood. There's only steep hills or flat. So I ran up um, a hill that's probably eight or nine percent. And I thought, well, we'll just see how it feels. And I ran up five minutes. No problem. You know, my heart rate was way up there. And of course, the goal is to get the heart rate up to zone four or 5A. So just hitting that lactate threshold, estimated lactate threshold, of course, because I've never done an LT test with a run. And uh, I did that. Then I walked, jogged down the hill again, and I did it again. And then I just finished up my run. Uh, 55 minutes was as much as I could get in. And when I got home, I had literally, I walked in the door. My son was ready to get jump in the car to go to guitar lessons. I had to, I had three minutes. I ran into my room, uh, stripped off all my, my, uh, gear, toweled down, put on my clothes without having a shower. My hair was sweaty. My face was red. And then I jumped in the car, drove downtown, picked up Eric from work, then dropped my son off at guitar. And, uh, then we had to, an errand to do. And then I got back home had 15 minutes to have a shower, eat dinner, and then we had to leave to go to volleyball and to get to my painting class. So <laughs> that's Tuesdays for us. It was like just nuts. Absolutely nuts. But anyways, it, did, it turned out to be okay. Putting on clean clothes over top of a really sweaty body. <laughs> Not my first choice, but anyways. So that was Tuesday. And then Thursday, I didn't want to push it. I didn't do any, I just did an endurance run. But I did 10K and I was supposed to run 60 to 75 minutes again, only just this time keeping it in zone two. But the really cool thing is, just like clockwork, I am now able to run faster when and keep my heart rate in zone two. Up until now, I've been doing a seven-minute kilometer sort of as an average and sometimes even slower when, when it's snowy or icy. But uh, now I was able to push it, and my pace was oh, quite often 6.30 625, even 615. Uh, overall, my average pace for the whole 10K was about 645, I think. And I did 10 kilometers in one hour and four minutes. And that's probably my fastest 10K I've ever run. I've never really tried running it, you know, timing myself for a 10K. But anytime I run 10K, it's, it's always part of my long run. So it's always at a slower pace. And I've never done a 10K race. Uh, my best 8K was uh, 46 minutes. So I think I could probably, well, I know I could run a, I'm sure, I'm sure I could run a 10 K under an hour if I was racing it. Anyways, uh, that was Thursday, Friday, you know, I was going to do a strength workout, but uh, got a little hectic cause we had a school thing function we had to attend last night. And by the time I got home, it was late. I was tired. And because I did these, um, oh, I didn't mention Wednesday night. I did an hour and a half on the trainer and I did hard intervals on the trainer. So I'd had this hard hill repeats run on Tuesday, which had followed my strength training on Monday. So Monday strength training, Tuesday hill repeat run, Wednesday hard hill repeats on the trainer, which is basically just hitting into a hard gear and, and going as hard as I could for five minutes uh, with a three minute recovery and doing a couple of those on the bike and my legs, my quads were so trashed on Wednesday. I really had to force myself to do that trainer ride. It was just really mentally taxing. 
uh, at night. And then, of course, the uh, 10K run, which was fairly quick run for me on Thursday. So, uh, yeah, I was feeling pretty tired. And so I decided just to take another rest day on, on Friday and not do the strength thing again. Today was um, it's Saturday right now as I record this. And uh, on the weekends, I always have a brick followed uh, and a long run. And I, I wasn't, I always kind of toss it up deciding on what the weather's like so that my long run is on the best predicted weather day of the weekend. And, and also a little bit depending on how my legs are feeling. So today I did the brick. You know, I have to say I kind of slack ass on the brick today because I'm supposed to do a three-hour bike ride. Well, I'm inside and I'm not going to sit on my trainer for three hours. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, And one of the things that Joe Friel has in his book is when you're in base one and two training, uh, he says if you've got to do it on a trainer, just cut the amount of bike ride time in half and do it. So it would have been a 90-minute trainer ride. So that's what I did, but... uh, when I went back and looked again, it says that is really only for, for base one and base two and base three, I really should be doing the, you know, closer to the full distance. Well, you know, the weather is actually warmed up today and I, I technically I could have been biking weather wise, but uh, there's so much gravel and sand on the roads from the, uh, snow. We've had so much snow this winter that, um, I'm really not comfortable going out and riding. I can't ride in the bike lane, so which means it's kind of dangerous riding on the road, and it's just I'm not ready for that mentally yet. So uh, over the next couple of weeks, they'll be they first they they grade the cement, they get a, a back or a, a grader, and they scrape off all the gravel and sand and put it back in the trucks, and then they sweep them. So it usually takes a couple of weeks to get the roads clean. Anyways, it was a good brick. Uh, I did 90 minutes. I, I kept a good pace, uh, zone two heart rate on the trainer for the whole time. My cadence was 90 RPM without too much effort, which I was really happy about. And I, I felt like it was kind of an easyish ride after doing those intervals. And then I ran 15 minutes. That's one of the other things that I find kind of interesting with uh, this, your best triathlon book training plan that I'm following is that all of the bricks until you get into the very last two or three weeks of training. So all through base and build, they're all uh, long bike rides with only 15-minute run. And I guess the whole point of it is that if you can run the first 15 minutes, the rest of it's okay. And I'm I'm doing long runs as well. So it's kind of interesting. I feel kind of like maybe I should be doing a longer run after the bike. But uh, when I get into the peak weeks, the two peak weeks, which are three weeks before my race... Uh, I have, like, I think they give you three bricks a week and that's basically all you're doing is these, a brick and then a recovery and then a brick and a recovery. So, yeah, and they're definitely longer runs. So I'm going to try the plan and to see how it goes. And, you know, I used to have these lead legs when I go out and run, but now I don't seem to, um, after the bike, I just, my legs feel kind of loose and it feels good. So I did 15 minutes and I ran at a 545 pace, which is quite a bit faster than I have been running my longer and medium runs. So, uh, yeah, I did, um, two and a half K, I think 2.6 kilometers in 15 minutes. So good. Felt good. My heart rate was still in zone two, just nudging a bit into zone three. So tomorrow, long run, and I'm supposed to do two to two and a half hours. So what I think I'm going to do tomorrow is uh, I'm going to run, I'm going to run the whole marathon, half marathon route tomorrow. Um, I'll do as close to 21K as I can. Um, I'm pretty sure I should be able to do it in, in two and a half hours, maybe even less. And 
if I if it, if I run out of time, I'm just going to do the whole thing anyways, and I'll just walk after when I hit two and a half hours. I'll just start walking, and I'll walk the very last part. I'm really hoping everything feels good. My uh, after my brick run today, my ankle has been a little bit sore. It, it tends to do that once in a while, but it doesn't usually last over the next day. And I did finally get some KT tape. So so happy. Um, I ordered some on Jeff Coach, Coach Jeff PRS Fitz uh, website, and he's got a great deal on KT tape. And I, so I ordered four rolls. So I got enough to last me through the summer, I think. So I'm really hoping every single time I go for a run, it's, I kind of feel like this is a test. This is a test. Is it going to work? You know. So next week, I'm theoretically got to do the same thing. Now I, I am. I have adjusted the program. I mean, there's no doubt I've adjusted the uh, training program that he's got in his, in his book here. I'm just grabbing the book as I speak because uh, one of the things, you know, he talks about ways to adjust it, you know, for you. So if you're, if you're weak, no, not weak. Um, if you're like tend to get uh, running injuries, he talks about, how, you know, don't do this. Don't do this force workout. Don't do this kind of workout. Uh, if you tend to get it, you're better off just skipping this, skipping that. And uh, the other thing he talks about is he's got a lot of recovery or uh, workouts that you don't have to do. It's all active recovery. So, I mean, if I followed his plan, I could have anywhere up to 20 hours. Let me see now. Half iron. Yeah, I could have anywhere up to like 17 or 20 hours of training uh, if I followed every single one that he does. And uh, I definitely don't because also I've been doing the three swims a week either. But he's got three swims a week, plus if you want to, you can do two other swims of just recovery swims. And then there's three runs a week, and if I wanted to, I could be doing two more additional, uh, well, actually one more. There's four runs because one of them is part of the brick, and I, he's also got another 45-minute to one-hour uh, recovery run if I wanted to do it. And same thing with the bike, three bikes, but two more additional recoveries and be you know I don't do any of the recovery ones I I definitely can't be doing active recovery my legs get really tired and uh, it's partly due to my mm, little you know not I don't have a lot of experience um, only having been doing this for three or four years Uh, also to do with my age and probably because I have a job where I'm on my feet all day and that's part of it too and I tend to do most of my training in the afternoon evenings so Anyways, um, yeah, it's all good, and uh, that's sort of the one of the ways I'm adjusting it. So after, I'm going to be doing, I think, three weeks of base three. The other one I've been doing two, two weeks and then a recovery week, and this one I ended up doing three weeks in a recovery week, and it may get a little bit much. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And uh, the reason I ended up doing that is because with the stupid... Uh, teeth getting pulled out and uh, some other stuff that was going on I ended up with missing a bunch of training and so I kind of missed out on some of my base two training and I I got behind and I didn't want to end up having uh, getting too far behind so I'm going to try hard to go for these three weeks of base three training now something else that is kind of exciting that next Saturday right in the middle of my base three training which is not the best timing it's just the way it's going to work out is I get to do a real lactate threshold test um, my friend my good friend Carmel's husband Rob Rob Swan from uh, race my god my 
brains just lost the name of his thing. Speed. No, something speed. Critical speed. There you go. Critical speed. Uh, he's a coach. He's a triathlete coach. And he happens to do lactate threshold testing at their place. So I'm heading over to their place on Saturday on the 19th and I'm going to do an LT test. And then I was asking him, I said, where's the best place to get a good bike fit? Does, do you know of anybody who's certified in town? And he said, uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> in fact, he says he's the only certified uh, bike fitter in town. And he's also unbiased because he's not going to try and sell me a bike. So that's um, pretty cool. So I'm going to be also paying him to give me a proper bike fit and just see if we can tweak a few things. I've been talking last week. I was talking last show about uh, just exploring the whole idea of 650 wheels. And uh, it turns out, okay, I don't know why I was um, not thinking about this, but uh, I, I sat there looking at my bike. I'm thinking something didn't seem quite right. And as I was chatting with some people on Twitter, they said, you can't put 650s on your bike. You have to have a bike that is made to fit 650s on. And I looked at it, well, yeah, duh. Because, you know, for one thing, the wheel is smaller on the, on the frame that's meant to have 700s. The brakes aren't going to be in the right position. So, you know, I just, I don't know why. I didn't, I didn't even think about it. I guess it's because somebody threw out the question. And I thought, oh, yeah, what be? I knew that was an option to have 650 wheels. But I hadn't thought it through to realize that I actually need um, a bike frame that would actually fit it so uh for all of you very much more knowledgeable people out there who were shaking their head and thinking what the hell was i thinking well <laughs> like i've said many times the caveat to the show is i am not a coach i am not a professional i am just a girl figuring my way through this crazy triathlon world so i'm learning along with you anyways you know, I think what I learned from that is that when and if and when I just ever decide to actually get a tri-bike, a dedicated tri-bike, uh, that's when I may very well consider getting six, 650 wheels. It seems like it might be a good idea. So back to the bike fitting. Um, that's one of the things I'm kind of hoping. Um, I'm pretty happy with the way my bike fits, but I sometimes have wondered if everything's just the best way that it could be set up. And I, I'm hoping that uh, maybe when I get Rob to take a look that maybe he can tweak a few things and uh, see if that helps. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's see. What else did I want to tell you about? I'm going to grab my little cheat sheet here. I was out today actually looking for skate skis as I've been borrowing uh, my friend's skate skis all season. But it's the end of the season right now and gee, maybe everything would be on sale. Sure enough, they were. And when I went into uh, Fresh Air Experience, which is a store that, one of the stores that sells skate skis in town, and I happen to have a $200 gift certificate there that I was saving to to uh, buy my skis. And they're all, they're getting like really, really low and they're going to be putting them all away in the next week or so and pulling out all the bike stuff. So I just barely, I'm just barely getting in there. So I think I may head out down there this sometime this week and pick up some. I found uh, a pretty good pair of skis that were really good quality and uh, just trying to find some that are just the right camber for me. And I found a good pair of uh, of boots as well, Rosignols. And both of them were probably at least a hundred bucks off the regular price. So I think uh, I'll be pretty happy if I can pick some of those up. And dieting. Oh my God, I'm getting so frustrated 
with uh, dieting and my weight and whatnot. And my weight is okay. You know, it's not that bad. I, I lost a couple, th- I've lost three or four pounds since Christmas and I'm, I'm down to about 123. 123 is sort of where my body likes to be, but it's not where I like it to be. You know, it, it sits here. I can maintain this weight forever, but I really would prefer to be around 118, 119. And there's a couple of reasons. The main reason is that uh, all of the triathlon clothing, it's a purely vanity, vanity reason, really, I think. But uh, all the tri-clothing that I wear, uh, if I'm down at around 118, 119, I look okay. I don't have rolls coming, popping out in places where I don't <laughs> want them. And uh, as soon as I put on that extra four or five pounds, it's fat. I know it's just extra fat. It's not muscle. So don't say, oh, you're working out, you're gaining muscle. No, no, this is f- visible fat around my belly. And, uh, as soon as I put on these stupid tight clothes and I mean, I can buy larger clothes, but then they just, then they look baggy and, you know, if I wear the size of clothes that I'm supposed to wear, the stupid rolls are there and I just, I hate it. I hate that, you know, back fat. I don't even, I'm not even fat. And you put on a swimsuit that's, that's, uh, you know, a triathlete swimsuit and all of a sudden these little pop things start popping out my back. It's just pathetic, as you all know. Anybody who's struggles with weight issues, and I, 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 if you look at me in regular clothes, you say, "Oh no, you're slim, you're fine." But as soon as I try and slip on those clothes, it just makes me crazy. So the point of this is, you know, that the I'm kind of been quasi dieting, and in other words, I'm trying to watch what I eat and make sure I'm eating healthfully and getting the calories that I get are are healthy for me. And I, I have a few treats now and again, and a decent meal once in a while, but or fun meal once in a while, I mean, but you know, I've been pretty careful and that's why I'm maintaining, but it's not enough to lose the weight. And even with the bump up in training, it's not enough. So then I thought, okay, I'm going to try something different. And actually I was chatting with Simon Whitfield. Uh, he suggested I take a look at, um, four hour body. This guy who does that four hour work week book has written a book called four hour body. And, uh, Oh gosh, now who was it that sent me a copy? Ray? Oh, golly. I should I should go and look and see. One of my Twitter friends, one of my tw- good Twitter friends sent me a copy of the book to look at. Um, just so I could take a look at it because I couldn't order it and buy it right away. Anyways, um, I, I quickly read through to see what's the gist of it. And it's all about... Um, basically, you know, the normal, no white carbs and, uh, eating meat as fairly high protein kind of reminded me of some of those high protein diets that they've got out there, but not, not as bad, but it's all vegetables, meat, no fruit. Okay. So the no fruit thing, that was, to me, that was the most difficult and also no dairy. Oh my gosh. I have, I fruit and dairy are like my favorite things you know I had a smoothie for breakfast this morning that was yogurt and and fruit and it was ah. anyways I thought okay I'll try it so I tried you know the food that I was eating was good I, I ate meat or high pro higher protein and all vegetables instead of fruit for my carbs and I did that for about four or five days now he claims you lose like 20 pounds of fat in one month if you follow his diet so I figured, okay, one week I should lose at least one pound, right? But I mean, I found that as I was actually keeping track of my calories, because I was eating more 
beans, more protein, and more vegetables, I was actually getting more calories than I was eating previously. And so by the end of four or five days, I think I did it for five days, and then I just fell apart. Um, after the end of five days, I had gained just a couple ounces, and I definitely hadn't lost anything. So I thought, okay, forget it. This isn't working for me. And I think... Those kind of diets for the people that that they've worked for, I think it's for people if you know you've got a significant amount of weight to lose and you start doing something that's really drastically different from the way you've been eating, um, you'll probably find you know a significant change. But because I'm trying to work on those last five pounds, those last five pounds are really hard to get off. So I I just said to hell with that. I'm not doing that diet anymore. I'm just going to go back to what I was doing, but I'm going to just cut back my calories a little more and uh, just try to be a little more vigilant and see if that will get it off. But God darn it. You know, I'm almost at the point now where I don't, <laughs> I don't want to allow myself to, you know, have extra crap at Christmas or extra crap in the summer and let myself gain those three or four pounds because I struggle for months to get to lose three or four pounds that I can easily gain in three weeks. I don't know if it's worth it or not. Okay, so anyways, that's my diet bitching. Um, race plan, that's the other thing I want to talk about. Two more weeks, oh my God, it's only two more weeks, until the Campus to Campus Half Marathon, Okanagan College Half Marathon, I think it's called now. It's our local race, and it's sort of the first big half marathon in the area. And I think because it's so early, it's March 27th, that uh, the only people that really register in this race are really serious runners. I was looking at my age group and uh, if I do my projected uh, race time, I'm going to be probably second or third from last in my age group out of maybe 15, 20 women. (laughs) So I, you know, I went, whoa, that was a little bit of a shocker. And, uh, I, you know, I'm going to be like near the end with all the people, all the people who are coming in. And I think it's just because it's early in the season and most people that train for half marathons aren't running all winter training. They're probably just starting to train right now and they'll do one that's later in the season. So that's okay. I'm okay with that as long as I, I'm kind of glad that I looked because at least I'll, I won't be frustrated when I get out there because I know I'm already going to be way slower than everyone else. So my goal again is uh, I'm going to do my best, the best pace I'm going to do. Um, my goal is just to be able to run a half decent run and uh, not be in pain afterwards. So I think right now I could do the same pace that I did in Victoria, two, between 220 and 230 and, um, and be feeling great at the end. So I'm kind of thinking, I guess in my heart of hearts, I wouldn't mind bumping it up to 215. Um, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to know more after I do my long run tomorrow and we'll see how I'm feeling. So tomorrow's a long run. And then next weekend I'll cut back my run, long run a little bit. I won't run quite as, f- quite as hard. And then the following Sunday is the half marathon. And it's really is just going to be a training run because I really don't want to go out there, push myself too hard and then end up, uh, having stepping back and not being ready for my big race. So. That's my race plan, but it'll be kind of fun to get in a race again. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. Looking down my list to see if there's anything else I want to say. I've talked about all that stuff already. Great. Uh, I want to give a little, a few shout outs. You know, 
I tried this last two weeks to keep writing down these names. I know I didn't get everybody, but here are a few I want to thank. I want to thank Jennifer F. from Daily Mile. She's from Vancouver. And uh, these are a few people that have just sent me messages or, or mentioned that they listen to the show um, giving me some, and you know, just giving me some motivation. And, you know, I can't tell you how much those little comments, how much of a, how much I appreciate them, you know, just getting that email or that little comment on daily mile or the private message somewhere, you know, you sit here in this room by myself and I wonder, is anybody really out there listening? And then everyone's out, get a little message and you just feel so good to know that somebody out there is actually getting something of value. Um, a little, uh, Shout out to Ashby. He's also on Daily Mile and uh, working hard. Adam P. Um, oh, gosh, I can't read. Oh, yes, he was also a Daily Miler. He sent me a private message, and he'd heard the show through Brandon's Marathon and and uh, has started listening. So thank you so much for your comments. And uh, a couple of shout outs to some people who have just completed some races. Daryl. Um, from Vancouver, he just did his first triathlon. He did a duathlon, or actually, no, I shouldn't say duathlon. He did a, a relay triathlon last year, but now he's just finished his first triathlon on himself. He did UBC, uh, the sprint, and he came in first in his age group. That is so freaking awesome to come in first in your age group uh, on your first triathlon. So awesome, Daryl. And uh, my friend She Beast. Uh, she's also a Vancouver gal. She's just gotten back into doing triathlons. So she just did her, um, she did the UBC try too. And getting out there and doing a triathlon in Vancouver in March, I'll tell you, you got to have some gumption. It's a pool swim, but man, Vancouver is, is so often raining and pretty darn cold in the first week of March. So, uh, kudos to both of you guys. And uh, Dr. Kelly W. on Daily Mile, who just today left a message on Daily Mile saying that it was because of listening to me, my show. Well, actually, I don't even know if she listens to the show, quite frankly. She follows me on Twitter and was watching my training last year, and that motivated her to do her first uh, 70.3, which is coming up in three weeks. So that's very cool. And uh, also a shout-out to... Chad from the Can Do Try podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts out there. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. He's got such a professional sounding show. Uh, anyways, he's leaving in less than a week for Rome to do the Rome Marathon. And he is, he's been tr- training through unbelievable conditions. Living in Saskatoon, where it is freezing, freezing cold all winter long. Snowy, minus 30. He got some frostbite a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and he's had to do all of his training either on the treadmill or outside, which he's really hardcore going outside and doing those runs. And now he's really hoping for a 345 marathon in Rome and, uh, just a short while from now. So, uh, really hoping that, uh, he has a good time off in Europe. Lucky guy. I love Rome. I was there the year before last. It was so wonderful. Anyways, uh, he's been raising ton of money for the, for team and training too. So good job. Thank you very much. And, uh, oh my gosh, I got to thank a whole whack of people who left me iTunes reviews. I really appreciate that. Um, mountain vet left a review on the Canada version of iTunes. So thank you very much, mountain vet. And if, if I know who you are and you have a, a different name somewhere, can you email me and let me know who you are? Um, and then on the American version of iTunes, uh, 
Jake, 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 what a sweetheart. Um, main try guy who's got the mainly, not mainly triathlon, sorry. Um, Run Like Health podcast. And he left me a very nice review, so thank you. And MN Mexi. And I follow an MN Mexi on Twitter too, so I'm wondering if that's the same person. Left me a nice review. And good buddy JB545. Um, thank you so much for that one too. Some, these are some great guys that, uh, I've kind of been in contact with off and on and, uh, Facebook and various places. So really cool. And then finally, Kevin, Kevin W who has written into the show before and gave us a race report from his triathlon. So I'm going to play that right now. Hi, Barb. It's Kevin at RunKW on Twitter. You can follow me there. My idiotic musings and my training updates are found there. Here's my race report for my first ever triathlon. Let me take you back about a year and a half. When I first started running, I'd never been an endurance athlete. Did a couch to 5K. My wife and I both did. Ran some 5Ks from 2009, 2010. And last year, my wife and I both actually competed in and completed two half marathons. In the middle there, I completed my first ever sprint distance duathlon. So that was my first foray into multi-sport. My preparations that, I was listening to Barb quite a bit to get myself prepared for what to expect. And Barb, you were a great help to get me through that and understand what, what was going to happen that day. So thank you for that. I gave a race report at the time, so I was I was pretty pleased, and I got I got the bug on the multi-sport. Flash forward to 2011, I think my focus is going to be on triathlons. I've signed up for the Chicago International Distance Triathlon in August, and I've got a couple other triathlons throughout the summer. But my first test was a week ago at the local. Uh, Racket and Fitness Club's Indoor Triathlon. It's a type of event where you swim for 10 minutes, 10-minute transition, you bike on an indoor cycle for 20 minutes, 5-minute transition, and then the last 15 minutes is on the treadmill. Distances are added up between the three disciplines, and whoever goes the farthest is the winner. I just started swimming um, earlier this year, so that is definitely my the weakest of the three disciplines for me but I've been swimming a couple of times a week I was uh, up to the day of the race that week my instead of a regular taper I took one day that each day of that week and focused on each discipline and did exactly what was going to happen the day of the race so on my swim day I ran uh, or ran swam about 600 meters, which I was pretty pleased about. Unfortunately, on the on the day of the race, I lost my focus on my breathing, and I happened to be in the lane where there were steps up uh, to leave the pool, and that kind of distracted me, and uh, I lost my focus. So I got about 450 yards, uh, nine laps down and back in the pool, which was okay. I wasn't overly pleased, but it was okay. Um, I lost my focus, so I know where I need to focus my training on going forward. The next stage was the bike. And I've ridden on the bike my entire life. Grew up riding around town and spent a lot of time on the bike. 
up until recently, I haven't done a whole lot of biking. I just got my first road bike a couple of months ago, and I've been out a couple of times. So I wasn't sure how I was going to do. Um, my training ride earlier in the week, I got about uh, 8 miles in 20 minutes. But on the day of the race, I, I, I killed it. I got about um, over 8.5 miles in the 20 minutes. So I had the resistance just right, which added some time, uh, added some distance um, as, the, as how the bike measures the, the distance in the race. I was pretty pleased with that. There are actually some guys that are signed up for Ironmans. They've run Boston Marathons, and I was pretty close to keeping up with them on the bike, and I was pretty pleased about that. Then I switched over to the, the treadmill. Earlier in the week, I had... Uh, done about 1.95 miles in the 15 minutes which was great for me I thought if I could even come close to that during the race day after doing the other disciplines I'd be, I'd be very happy with those results in my training day the only thing I did was the, was the treadmill so I was able to cover 1.88 miles in the 15 minutes which is just over an 8 minute mile pace and I've been, I'm used to running 9 or 10 minute miles, so I was pretty ecstatic about that. I left the race. There were several waves after me, so I wasn't sure how I did. I knew I was happy with my bike, and I was happy with my run. I, the swim was okay. Later that day, I got an email from the race director, and lo and behold, I won my age division. Uh, my first triathlon, I won my age group. You know, It just so happens that this race was particularly suited to what I'm good at, what I'm strong at, and I'm pretty stoked about it. So that, that's my race report. I, I was very pleased with, um, with the day, with my progress. I know where I've got to work on for my triathlons this summer, um, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about where I am. Thanks, Barb, for your help. I've been listening to your podcast for the last, oh, eight or nine months. And you're very helpful in, in understanding what to expect on race day and preparations and for a newbie like me to get an idea of what to expect, it, it's invaluable. So thank you for that. Um, I'm looking forward to more triathlons this year and my A race, the Chicago Triathlon, I, I'm, I'm really hoping for a home run on that. I'm, I'm very excited about where I've come, where I've gone and where I'll be. Thanks, Barb. Talk to you soon. Okay, that is so awesome to hear. Thank you so much for setting that in, Kevin. You know, it's so nice for other people to hear um, the successes and, you know, the things that you learn along the way, the mistakes we make. Um, it's what helps every, all of us to, you know, do better on our next race, too. You did so well. First in your age group. Yeehaw! I'm just so excited. Every time, you know, you and any of these guys who are getting out there and getting first, that's just awesome. Um, you know, it's not always about it getting first or second or third or anything, but, you know, if you can get that little bonus, it's just such a such a perk, isn't it? Such a good feeling. Um, mostly I focus on trying to beat my last time. I'm competitive against myself quite a bit. And then if I think I have a shot, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always... You know, it's always nice to be able to get the place in your age group as well. So good for you, Kevin. And I uh, really appreciate you sent that um, voicemail to us. And 
we look forward to hearing about your Olympic distance, one that you've got coming up. That's going to be great. And I think you're going to do really well. Sounds like you've totally got the bike nailed and you've had such an awesome uh, run time. You know, I think you're going to, and you know, the the hardest part of the run is the first part. So um, I think you're going to do well and you just keep working on your swimming and uh, you, you've already know what you've got to work on. So that's, that's super. Um, you know, he mentioned about the duathlon, doing a duathlon first and I should also say that, uh, let me just take a quick peek. Shelly had asked me recently, she's training for a, um, a duathlon coming up and it's going to be her first one. She's mainly a runner and she bikes for cross training. So she w- thought she would want, like to try out doing a duathlon. And, uh, she was wondering if any of the books that I've read, you know, the ones that I mentioned quite often, uh, would be of any help. And, you know, I really think that for the most part, the, the bike, the, these books aren't bad. I mean, they're good information. There's certainly information that you can use for for um, a race if you're going to do your first race. But I think for the most part, um, the duathlon training plan that Eric used was just one that we found online. And uh, it was it was by Blit. I think it was on blitzevents.ca, an eight-week duathlon training plan. And if you just Google duathlon training plan you're really likely to find it on there um it had quite a bit of information it was about four or five pages and it was just eight weeks it was just sort of a basic plan um if you're doing your first duathlon uh, you guys may find that it's of help i'll try to remember to put the link on the show notes as well but it's also i put the link in the kg tries podcast listeners facebook group uh in response to shelly's question so um we've had a few new people join the kg tries podcast listeners. I want to say hi to Tony and uh, who else? Dana and Kristen and Frank and Jason. And let me see who else is just added in there. Kay. I think those are the main ones. Joe Cap has joined us as well. So there's a bunch of other people. Anyways, um, I also belong to a Facebook group. This is a closed group, but uh, I'll shout, give a shout out to it anyways. It's called ABC 70.3, um, a BC 70.3. And it's a group for everybody who is doing the Oliver Half Iron Race that I'm going to be doing. So if you are planning to do Oliver... Uh, and, uh, and you actually listen to my show, which I don't think there is anybody that listens to my show that does it. But anyways, uh, if you do, and you want to join the group, just uh, shoot me an email and I'll, we'll add you. It's not my group, but I have the ability to add people. So, um, Erin337 is there because she is going to be doing Oliver and we're looking forward to meeting up then. And, uh, Jocelyn, who's the one that just set it up. And I'll give a shout out to Mike because Mike said that he, Mike D, he's in the group. I'm not going to use last names, but uh, he said he actually listened to the show recently. So um, I want to give a shout out to him. And that just makes me nervous. He's This is going to be his first 70.3. So um, I'm going to, you know, kind of watching along to see how he's going to be doing. And also Ray Miller is another one in the group. Um, gee, there's a, there's a 16 of us in there. So pretty fun. Connie. Lana, Jordan, Paul, Peter, Keith, Marie, a bunch of people. So most of them are just friends, real life friends or uh, real life people I've met on beginner triathlete too. Okay. So I guess that's about it. It's plenty. Hey, looks like my knuckle heads are going to be in the playoffs this year. Did you know that the Vancouver Canucks are right now in first place overall in the NHL way above everybody else? 
this isn't the year we have a shot at winning the Stanley Cup. I don't know what is. And just as a little aside, I have been a Vancouver girl and a Vancouver Canucks fan since they were first invented way back in the early 70s. And I can tell you that the Vancouver Canucks have never won the Stanley Cup all these years, 30-plus years, waiting, waiting, waiting. My Canucks never win. We've gotten to the finals twice. Usually, some years we don't even make it to the playoffs, but we did get to the finals twice. And then we once we lost in the seventh game and once we got... Well, lost uh, four uh, four straight by New York or something. I can't remember now. But anyways, you know, we've had a few close calls, but never win. So maybe this is the year. I'm just crossing my fingers. It would be the coolest thing in the world for a Canadian girl like me. All right. It's about time. That was for you Americans who like to make fun of the way I say about. Okay. Thanks very much for listening. Um, if you got any questions, give me a shout. I'd uh, love to have a topic to talk about. I am going to talk about coming up soon, though. I want to talk a little bit about just the idea about um, overtraining and uh, the whole idea of, you know, when is fitness and training and stuff becoming an obsession um, in crossing the line from healthy fitness to unhealthy obsession. Just kind of an interesting topic I got in my head right now, and I've been, I've been formulating some thoughts about that. So it's something that I'm going to talk about in the next little while. So uh, also I just bought the book Your First Triathlon by Joe Friel, just because I thought it was kind of an interesting book to have on my shelf. And uh, sometimes I thought there might be some answers to questions I can help people with. With all my books that I've got now, I can kind of, you know, have another resource at my fingertips. So... Take care. Um, I will see you in, oh, a week or two. Let's see. Maybe I'll do a show next week. Maybe it'll be not until after my half half marathon, and we'll see how that goes. Have a great week, and uh, take care. And it, don't forget to check out Run, Try, Chat. Uh, got a couple of good episodes up there now, four good shows. And uh, we've got a couple more that are in the works. I'm just waiting to... Wait until a couple of people get back from vacation. We're going to do a, a show on minimalist running and uh, another show for beginning triathletes. So, um, yeah, you might be interested in checking out Run, Try, Chat podcast. And, uh, of course, the show notes for me is at kelownagirl.com. We'll get you everywhere. Uh, got links to the to the show. It's got links to my food blog. And you can find me on Twitter and Facebook and all of those good places. As long as you know how to spell Kelowna Girl. K-E-L-O-W-N-A-G-U-R-L. Have an awesome week. Bye-bye. The sun must set to rise. Summer feet.